Episode two of the Coach Dad podcast. Today we have a very special guest, very good friend of Mike's. Um, his name is Dave Borelli. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Great to have you, man. Exciting. Dave, glad you could join us, man. Um, I've been looking forward to this. Dave's been one of my best friends. Uh, shoot, what? Twelve years old, I think. No, nah, man, we we're like ten. Mike. Ten. Something like. Something baseball camp. We go way back, <laughs> and um, have had a lot of great memories together, a lot of crazy things, and um, Dave, I know, for me personally, you've impacted my life in, in a tremendous way, and super thankful that you're my buddy. So we're excited to hear your story and, and uh, kind of share what's on your heart today. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, you know, I'm honored, but I will say this, I'm a young dad. So I'm just I'm just learning, just learning and trying to do the best we can, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, Dave, you're uh, obviously you're a dad, uh, you're a husband, your wife Jenna. You've got four children. You're the head coach at Rise Up Gym, a CrossFit gym. Uh, but you're you're way more than that, man. You're you're a brother in Christ. You you follow the Lord, and um, you know we're excited to. Dig into your story a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how old are your kids? How long you been married? What fires you up in life? Yeah. Who's Dave Borelli? Yeah, man. Yeah, so, uh, golly, what fires me up? A lot of My wife, and first and foremost, she's amazing. We got married back in 2014. Uh, met her in college. She was a beautiful soccer player. We knew each other for a long time and uh, didn't really date or anything like that. Just in the same friend group, but eventually got married. And man, that's been, she's been a blessing. She's uh, more than I could ask for. And uh, just thankful to be married to her. But I got four kids. You got, I got Uriah, Ruby, Isle, and Elias. Uh, Uriah will soon be six years old next month. And Ruby and I are twins. They are absolute hurricanes. They're four <laughs> years old. They are a mess. And uh, and then I got Elias. He is one, and he is just a good boy. He's getting a little crazy, though, but I can't blame him. He's had, he's had the hurricanes running around him 24-7. But, uh, man, what fires me up? Um, obviously, I love fitness. Um, I, like, I, like, I love seeing people get in shape. Uh, but more man, more so, I, I like the camaraderie of it. I like the relationships that's built out of it. But most of all, what fires me up is the opportunity to um, share my faith. Um, man was saved when I was 20 years old. Uh, the Lord redeemed my life straight out of my room um, with nobody else around. And uh, that that day, I'll always remember. I can remember the feeling. I can remember everything about it right now. And uh, God changed my heart drastically. And put in me a deep desire to disciple men, and um, and just have relationships with men. Honestly, and I think that's what really fires me up is the opportunity to sit down with other like-minded men, and not even like-minded, honestly, just men in general, and just say, "Hey, what makes you tick? And what uh, what makes you you?" And I love getting in the trenches with people and and, and understanding that 
Um, so that, that really does fire me up. Uh, so really just seeing God move in other people's lives. Um, so I've had the privilege and opportunity to do that just within my job, uh, my friendships. I mean, you know, Mike and I, now that, that, that definitely took our relationship to the next level. We had a great relationship before that. And then when the, when, when Christ entered in, it just became a better relationship and it's, and it continues to this day, you know? Um, so just, just thankful for that. So man, really, really fired up by, by the Lord working in relationships in that way, man, really fires me up. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. That's cool. Yeah. I think like, and for people listening, I, I met Dave one time before, but I've talked to him for about an hour tonight before we started recording and you really get an authentic version of a true man that wants to follow the Lord and care for other people. And so I think it's been cool just to like see that passion come out already. And I mean, it's fun to already hear about your desire to see that in your kids as well. So yeah, I appreciate that about you. Yeah, man. So Dave mentioned, uh, kids are like hurricanes. <sighs> Crazy. Wow. Which is a great thing. Uh-huh. But you're one of seven in your family. I had to imagine your household was a little bit like that as well growing up. What was that like? Well, Mike, you were you were there for about all of it, Mike. So. <laughs> I can claim myself as number yeah. eight. Mike, Mike Michael Borelli. Mike definitely was a, the the eighth <laughs> child of that family. Man, it was wild. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, I think like realistically, there was never a dull moment. Like there were so many people coming in and out of that house. I mean, you remember it. There's so many people coming in and out. This is revolving door. So the first time I came over to y'all's house, obviously there's the seven kids, but then there was like 15 neighborhood kids there. Yeah. And your mom cooked this unbelievable Italian meal. We're on the basement. She hollers up that dinner's ready. And it's like an army just coming out the door. There's like 30 <laughs> of us coming out the door. And I remember we ran out of plates. Uh-huh. Dave gets a, a the top of a Tupperware and made that his plate. Th- threw the spaghetti on a Tupperware top as his plate. You know, you got. I'll, I'll take a take a quote out of Coach Simmons' book. You know, boys, one thing in life I can promise you is adversity. You got to know how to overcome it, right? And I know Blake said to overcome some adversity <laughs> and have the top to the Tupperware. You know, and I just remember thinking, I was like, this is normal for for this guy right now. He's eating his dinner off the Tupperware top. Yeah, but no, man, growing up in that household was a blast. I mean, we still have those neighborhood friends to this day, um, you know, and I was in the middle of the boys, so I had two older brothers, two younger brothers, and then obviously the girls were the youngest, and um, man, just had the opportunity to get beat up and to beat some people up, <laughs> and I think that's the best of both worlds, you know, <laughs> so, but I loved it, man. I mean, we drove my mom absolutely bonkers. I mean, realistically, I'm not sure if she has too many brain cells left to rub together because of how we <laughs> just drove her nuts. And then my dad, um, probably one of the most gracious dudes ever to, and, and one of the most patient dudes ever uh, for everything we put them through. We, how, many, how, many, how many holes we put in the wall in the basement? A lot right? of holes in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, your dad was... I never saw him rage. He was always very calm, yeah. but it was also like you you respected what that man was telling you. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a characteristic I'm still trying to work on, you know, because he, he definitely never, like, 
never had any 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 rage. And that might be because he knew he could beat the snot out of us at any given moment. Well, he was a stud wrestler at Clemson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he he coached you guys in high school in wrestling. What was that like with your dad being your wrestling coach? Man, that was uh I don't think I could have asked for anything better. Um and I think for one, wrestling made it kind of easy, too, in the sense that, like, there wasn't any, like, daddy ball with wrestling because it was either, you know, if you were wrestling at a certain weight class and somebody else wanted to wrestle in that weight class, you just wrestled out and whoever won, won. You know, so there wasn't any, like, you know, my dad treated me differently because, you know, I was his son or whatnot. But realistically, uh, I, I learned a lot about my dad and, and through that as well, just, like, on how he expected things out of us. Um, and he wasn't going to sugarcoat it. He wasn't going to, um, you know, give us any favors, you know. Um, now, I will say this. The disciplining in the household, and once he became a wrestling coach, just became disciplining on the mat. So that, <laughs> that definitely, that definitely was, that definitely sucked, you know. Um, because of tap out a couple times. Oh, yeah, man. I still got a messed up nose because of my dad. I don't know if he remembers it, but he... He broke the snot out of my nose, you know, in, in high school. Um, but no, man, that that definitely was an opportunity. Wrestling for my dad was um, it was great, man. I, and I, and I, I remember one time, and I, it's funny, I mean, I had a lot of wins in, in wrestling, but I, I never really remember the wins. I only remember the losses. And I remember my first um, real major loss. That was my freshman year in the state finals. And um, I lost to a senior, Charlotte Latin. Joker hit a lateral drop on me in the last couple of seconds. I was supposed to win, didn't win. And um, I stormed off the mat, went in some, you know, locker room in the back. And uh, I was crying. You know, I was just, I was just, you know, upset. Obviously, I lost. My dad probably came in like 30, 35 minutes later. And, you know, there was no like, hey, I'm proud of you or, hey, are you Okay. He literally walks in there. He says, why are you crying? I'm like, because I lost. He goes, okay. He said, did you give it your all? And I was like, yeah, I wrestled as hard as I could. He said, good. Remember this feeling and don't lose again. <laughs> and I was like, literally, it was like tears stopped. I was like, all right, got it. I remember from, I mean, literally, that's like, I can, I can, I have a picture, perfect memory of my, of that conversation. I don't know if he remembers it, but I remember it. Man, you know. If I remember correctly. I don't think you lost again. <laughs> I didn't. Nope, didn't lose again. Because, I mean, that was just a moment where it was like, you know, you expect a dad to come in there and give you a hug until he's proud of you, but he he expected something out of me. But not only that, he he was teaching me something about kind of how the world works, right? Like, hey, Dave. Like, yeah, yeah. Losing sucks. You know. If you gave it your all, then awesome. If you didn't, then let's make the changes. But if you gave it your all, remember this feeling. And make the changes to never have this feeling again, and uh, that's been a lesson that I've definitely taken in my life. Um, you know, and it's interesting too because I mean I won states every time after that. I couldn't tell you a single moment that I had with my dad after that. But you remember that I remember that freshman year. Yeah, freshman year. I remember that moment where he, you know, came to the locker room and, you know, just kind of smacked me on the butt. I was like, "Let's go, get up," you know. So, you know, having that moment, having my dad there to speak that into me. You know, I, I know for a fact that, that left, you know, very, very deep impression on me. I'm 33 years old, about to turn 34. I can remember it to this day. 
you know, so definitely thankful to have my dad there with me. Um, it's definitely some times where, you know, it sucked, you know, so, but other than that, loved it. Couldn't match anything better than that. So it sounds like you and your dad had a pretty good relationship through your childhood. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, growing up, I wouldn't say, oh man, my dad and I were tight because, you know, as I think back on it, I had a very much relationship with my dad. You know, he's my dad and I loved him, but I feared him. And it wasn't like a fear of like, he's going to hurt me ever. There was never that fear, but it was like, he's my dad and I respect him and what he says I've got to do. Um, now, did that always play out? No, I mean, sure. I, I was sneaking out of the house in the middle of the night, you know, doing my own thing, you know, act like a fool. But I never really wanted to um, let him down. Um, and I always felt, I always felt loved by him, 100%. I always felt supported and I always felt loved by him. But, you know, if I was to say, oh, I remember like very specific conversations, I don't remember very specific conversations. I just remember moments and I remember how he walked. Like I remember moments where he woke us up and he was like, hey, Dave. We're studying Proverbs. I'm like, I don't know what the heck Proverbs <laughs> is. You know? What is that? You know? And, uh, but I remember, I mean, I, I, I can see it in my head sitting at the dining room table and you know, but Proverbs it was dark outside still before school, you know, didn't, didn't make an impact on me then, but now it did. And, uh, you know, I can remember times where I got in trouble and he woke me up and said, meet me on the track at three in the morning. And Joe and I went out there and we ran until we puked. Um, but it's like, he was just there. He's just constantly there. He's never wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's what made the biggest difference in my life was that he was just there constantly. Mm-hmm. Never wasn't there, you know? So I'm very thankful for that. What are things about your dad that you've carried over, like you've tried to carry over into fatherhood, the characteristics of your dad that you experienced growing up? that left the biggest impact. Cause I like, I think of that conversation of like your dad was willing to step into something hard when you lost, but not coddle you, but like carry you through it and be like, Hey, let's go on to the next one. Um, but like, I think that's like just hearing you, you've kind of carried that over into your life now, but what are other things that your dad did or that you respected about your dad that you want to also do as a father to your four? Yeah. Uh, I think a couple, couple, couple things come to mind. First off, consistency. He was just so consistent at like everything, whether it was literally like cleaning the dishes, or you know showing up at practice, or um, just every facet of life. He was consistent, and it didn't matter what the circumstance was. He was consistent. He was there, and he just battled you know, through thick and thin, you know, whether we had, you know, because I mean, obviously I didn't know what the bank account looked like when we were growing up, but I remember there was times where he was, you know, he told me, he was like, we got $13 in the bank account. But it like, you know, if I had $13 in my bank account right now, I'd be, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be scared. I be, yeah, I'd be scared, bro. Uh, but he, he was consistent, just like steady. And so, I mean, I would like to be that way. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'm that way. I don't know if my, my kids experience me that way right now, but I would like to be consistent like that where whatever situation is thrown at you, 
whatever, uh, you know, whatever you call it, tribulation is thrown at you, you can just consistently walk. So that's one thing, consistency that my dad showed, but then also two, I think grace, just the, the ability to emulate grace um, was unparalleled. And I think to this day too, man, like to this day, he, he's gracious. Um, you know, he, we, we did a, we did enough to, to, to be, you know, thrown in jail. I mean, <laughs> you want to just shoot straight. We didn't want to be thrown in jail. Right. And I mean, the dude was just gracious. I mean, I can remember a story, you know, me and my two older brothers were out. There were some two other individuals out with us and, um, you know, we were doing some dumb stuff. We were driving down the road and, um, you know, we shouldn't have been driving. We were driving. Long story short, ran through a tree, split the tree in half, hit the median, back across the road, ran into a neighborhood sign, and uh, I got out of the car, and my, my brother Aaron got out of the car, and we said, we're going home. We left my oldest brother there with the car. Well, at the time... <laughs> Girlfriend came and picked us up, drove us home. Well, we're standing in the um, living room. My dad is, at this point, should have beat the snot out of us, but he didn't. He was gracious. <laughs> gracious in a way. I mean, he was definitely very stern, definitely like, okay, this is we have some issues here. But he, uh, at this point, we heard some rattling coming down the road. <laughs> and my brother somehow got the car working again. My oldest brother did. And that thing had the hood shoved all the way up into the windshield. I don't know. He was, had his head hanging out the window. And he was driving that car. And he pulled in the driveway. And my dad looked at my brother and I, Aaron and I, and looked out the window. He's like, not your boy Sage weren't up to anything, you know, bad. I was like, well, Dad, you caught us. And uh, that's what we were up to. And, uh, you know, we should have probably been kicked out of the house at that point. But the man was gracious, disciplined us. And, uh, you know, continue to be consistent, continue to be our father. Even when, I mean, I know for me, I would have lost it, you know, but he yeah. never really lost it on us. That's cool. So, yeah. I know my, earlier we were talking and Mike had kind of given me some insight onto what your dad was like. And you were talking about how every time you're with your dad, you see him reading the Bible. Yep. Um, and how that was something that, like, if you go hunting, you see your dad or what, whatever it is, like talk, talk about that a little bit. Like yeah. how, how do you want to carry that over into being a dad and yeah. leading your family? Yeah, that, 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 uh, was, that was big, you know, and uh, he constantly, I mean, probably in Bible right now, constantly you had, had, had the Bible open. Um, and he would always be the first one up. You know, you get up, he'd be reading the Bible. You know, you'd be whatever. About to go to bed, he'd have the Bible open. Or he'd have his guitar out, and he'd just be singing, like, a, a worship song. Um, and my dad's not, like, some, like, you know, charismatic, emotional dude. Like, he's actually not, not emotional at all. But he just has a very deep desire to... Uh, just know God's word and know who God is through his word. And so that, without even knowing it, I know it now, but that was ingrained in me to do that. 
I mean, um, you know, my dad didn't have to tell me, Dave, you need to get and study the Bible. You know, you need to do this and do that. Um, but it just now is a huge, huge thing of my life. So much so that like I just like I can't skip a day without it. Um, and it's funny you you know you bring that up because um, actually before you guys got over here tonight, I um, I opened the Bible just for just just briefly just to look at a verse and Uriah goes dead. My oldest he goes, you read that every day, don't you? And I was like, yeah yeah I actually do. He was like, you read the same stuff every day? I'm like, well I mean. Year to year, yeah, I read I read the same stuff. He's like, Do you not get bored of it? I'm like, No. <laughs> I was like I was like, you know, this is God's word and it's always new every day. And um, you know, it's interesting because like I get up super early way before he does. And he never actually sees me reading the Bible. But somehow he knows I read the Bible every day. And I think that's kind of like for me, I didn't really like my dad always got up earlier than me. You know, but it was like I always knew what he was up for is to read the Bible. And so that's just become ingrained in me, ingrained in me. And that's something that I want to pass on to my kids because I know how much it's helped me. I know how much it has um, just given me strength in every facet of life is opening up God's word and allowing it to set the tone and pace of my day, you know? So that definitely has been a huge thing that my dad, whether he meant to or not, he subconsciously passed it on to me, and I could be more more grateful, more thankful for that. And I want to pass it on to my kids. And so, I, you know, I'll, I'll pull up a verse real quick that really resonates with me. It's in Deuteronomy six, and I'm sure most people um, know this verse if you know about the Bible. But it says this: it "says Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind." And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. This is the verse I love. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So that verse right there, verse seven, is, you know, just a motto that I have for my children, right? It says you shall teach them diligently. And I think about that word diligently. It's like, you know, it's constantly. I mean, it's just intentionally, it's every day, you know, it's, it's when, you know, one thing that we do in our house is it says, you know, the verse says you should talk to them when you sit, sit in your house. When we sit down at dinner, Jenna and I, my wife, we, we constantly try to bring up God's word. You know, when you walk by the way, you know, when your eye and I are out like duck hunting, deer hunting, you know, I, I, I try to make it a point where I'll bring up God's word. When you lie down, there's a big one. When you lie down, like when I lay down with my kids at night, we, we you know, individually I will lay with them and always try to bring up something about God's word. And that is just something that, you know, I hope and pray that it sticks, you know, that something is ingrained in them that points them towards the Lord and gives them, you know, just a backbone, if you will, in God's word. So I think that's a good example of, you've heard the saying, far more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you may not be doing Bible lessons with your kids every yeah. day, but if they see you in the Word every day, they're catching on to that. Yeah. Just like you saw your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he didn't sit you down every day and do it, but you saw him consistently do that over time. So you caught that. You, you, you know, you grab that, that grabbed your attention. Yeah. And now you're doing it. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, definitely definitely a caught thing for me, for sure. I mean, obviously, there was times where we, we, we would get up and study Proverbs, but this was a very short period of time. I don't think my dad did very long. You know, my, my, my mind's a little fuzzy, but I do remember those times. But it was definitely a caught thing, you know. Um, and, I, man, I'll tell you this. I'll say this. You know, when it comes to our children knowing God's Word, like, I can't take – I can take a, little, a tiny bit of credit, but my wife – really takes majority of that credit because she like is here all day and she legitimately has these, these kids memorizing scripture. <laughs> and I could be, I mean like, man, it's just, it's just so comforting to know that when I go to work, that my wife is teaching my kids about God's word. I mean, you know, we got a big old Bible verse right up there on the chalkboard and, you know, at night these kids are reciting it, you know, I mean, I, I've got videos on my, on my phone of, you know, Uriah's reciting verses when he was, you know, three years old. And I can't take credit for that as my wife. And so, 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 so grateful for her heart in that to teach our kids that, you know, that was a desire of mine. And it's not that like we even like talked about that. That was just a desire of hers. And I'm just so thankful that God, you know, led that together in us. Um, and so she, you know, she's got these kids, you know, reciting Mary verses and you know I got my girls they're very good they're, they're pretty good scripture memory so I mean you know I, I try to do my best when I'm at home but my wife does a, does a big bulk of that and I couldn't be more grateful for that that's so, cool yeah um, I know that you also so we, we talked a little bit before about how you coach mm-hmm. and I know as I coached for a lot of years in different capacities. When you coach, every kid you coach is different. You can't coach kids the same way. You can have a vision for your team, values for your team, a vision for your gym, values for your gym, whatever it may be. But you, not everyone hears you the same. Um, everyone has a different personality, different gifts. How does how do you see that in relation to kids? Because I know you were one of seven. You have four kids. Like, what does that look like to raise your kids in the Lord with same values, same vision for your family, but knowing that Uriah is going to be different than Elias? Yeah, yeah man. Like, that, that, that's a great question. I watched another thing caught, I would say, from my dad. But this is, you know, I think most people know this verse in Proverbs, but this is where this inspiration comes from. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I hear that verse, and you break it down in Hebrew, you know, it, it basically talks about, like, there's a way in which God has for your child to go. And it's it's different for each person, right? And um, Ruby's way is going to be different than Alice. Brian's way is going to be different than Elias's. And, uh, it's my job as a father to learn and to help develop the strengths and weaknesses of my, my kids. And they're going to be different, right? I mean, man, I'll tell you this. My twins, my girls could not be more different. Like the only similarity that they have is that they are girls, period. I mean, literally, they are so polar opposite. Born at the exact same time. You know, came out of the same womb, but man, they are so polar opposite. <laughs> and so as a father, 
I'm laying down at night. Isle, she's just a rambunctious, just, I mean, nods. And you never know where the conversation is going to go. <laughs> I mean, she is absolutely, it's like you're dealing with chaos in her head. And you got to figure out how to like tap into that and, 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 and grow it. And also like, like nurture it. Right. And then I go lay down with Ruby, the sweetest, most tender heart will ask you, dad, how was your day? How many meetings did you have? Like, did you, you know, did you talk to anybody about Jesus? Four year old girl. And I'm like, how the heck are you born at the same time this this girl here was born and I I was over here like talking literally tall tales like telling me lies constantly I mean literally the girl's I think she's a pathological pathological liar <laughs> how am I gonna raise this girl I have no idea so it's learning how to you know interact with interact with your kids on a different level and almost like reinvent yourself my dad was so good at that you know there's seven of us in our family we're all so very different, but he figured out how to be intentional with all of us. And so I think that's what it is, man. For me, it's intentionality. You know, I've got to be intentional with each child in their own way. You know, so it means I've got to take Uriah out on his own. I got to take Ruby out on her own. I've got to take, you know, Isle out on her own. And obviously Elias is only one. So we're just, you know, we have no idea what this kid's going to be like, but it, it's, it's intentionality. And then, I mean, realistically, like, the way in which I communicate with Ruby is vastly different than I'll. And the way in which I have to discipline them, vastly different. You know, Ruby, terrified of any type of discipline. I mean, if I literally say, Ruby, you need to stop. She's done. She stops. But she's terrified. I'll, if I say, I'll, you need to stop. She's like, let's see how far we can take this. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. All right, yeah, fine. I'll buck up against you. A daughter then, after your own heart. Yeah, dude. And then it's just we're both chesting up to each other. The next thing I know, Jenna's like, "You two need to stop." And I'm like, "No, she does." And I was like, "Dad's the worst." And it's just like, "What do you do with that?" So it just you know, I, I look at Proverbs twenty two six, and God who created my children, fearfully and wonderfully made. Right? He 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 breathed life into them. He's breathed certain gifts. And strengthen my kids. And as a father, I've got to search that out. And I've got to know that. And so it takes intentionality of me to meet with them and say, God, who have you created these kids to be? And God, give me the wisdom and discernment to point them in the right direction. Because they're going to go in different directions. But the beauty of it is this, man. Like as a father, what an amazing gift you have to train up your kid and the strengths that God's given them, and then to launch them into the world and make a difference. Like, that's how I view it. Like, I've got an opportunity. I've got four kids. i got four kids that can potentially make a massive difference in this world, that can oppose just the, the false idols in this world, that can go into a, a high school, a college, a community when they're older, and say, no, 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 this is what God's word says, and to make a difference. And, you know, there's definitely, like, things that God's put on my heart for each kid as to what they're going to be and who they're going to be. So I'm just praying that over them constantly and trying to raise them up in that because, man, I, I truly believe that, like, you know, God gives us children 
to train them up, make them warriors for his kingdom, and then just to launch them out, you know? And that's what my dad did. You know, not, not I mean, not every single one of us is, you know, going hard for the Lord. Um, but, man, he, he, he did his very best to, to launch us out and make an impact for the kingdom. So that's, that's where that really is um, a passion of mine to raise my kids up and launch them out and have them speak for the Lord. That's cool. Yeah. And I think like, and like we, we call this whole thing coach dad because of the, that like notion almost of like, it is so similar to what a coach does. Yeah. You practice in season, off season, all to like lead up to one game, one match and, you know, you might have 20, 10, 20, 30 games, whatever it is, matches in a season. But it's like you're training your players up in the way they should go. And then that goes along with physically, emotionally, mentally, life lessons that they're going to take onto the field or the mat or the court, whatever. And then when they're older, hopefully those stick with them. They don't depart from it. But it's like the same thing. Like everybody's had a coach – a lot of men have had coaches that have impacted them, whether positively or negatively, and something stuck with them. Like even your dad, like sitting there when you're after you lost, like that was a moment in sport that stuck with you. But it's like you can use that as like he trained you in the way you should go. It's yeah. part of being your dad. You know what's interesting too, man? That like what I've seen as I reflect on my relationship with my dad is this: that man, it's in the it's in the struggles, it's in the trenches that make the biggest difference, right? Like, I don't remember celebrating my dad when I won my first title as a sophomore, second as a junior, third senior. I don't remember that. I, don't, I literally, I have no image in my head of the celebration that I had my dad. The only image I have in my head is, a, is, is the, the conversation we had when I lost. So there's that first struggle that made a huge impact in my life, right? And it, it, it was that. And then, the next biggest image in my head that I have of my dad is when I gave my life to the Lord. Now the, the surrounding circumstances of that was actually not good. Like I had just come off, you know, a bender essentially. And I was in a good place. I mean, I was in a house with my brother and basically two drug dealers. And, you know, I was surrounded by something that I would never want my kids to be surrounded by. Right. And I was I was uh, living in a makeshift room, if you will. I mean, it, it wasn't like I, I didn't I didn't have a real room in the house. It was just a makeshift room. So it it was in this like kind of just this this struggle of life that he was there, and he was willing to like speak into that. And so just the intentionality and the consistency to be there, and not to like be like you're an idiot. What are you doing, right? Like, and that's where like, like grace came in. Like he was consistently there and he was graciously there. And I, I think about God, right? Like that's, that's what he does. He's consistently pursuing us and he's graciously doing it. And it's like, that's what we have as an opportunity to consistently be there for our kids and to graciously do it. You know, not like, I mean, obviously there's times where you're going to have to come down harder on kids but you can graciously do it. You know, I, I mean, I think about a time I had with Uriah um, about uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
And, you know, he was just acting a fool. And, um, you know, I had to come down on him. And he got his feelings hurt. And there was a moment where I was like, you know, maybe I came down on too hard. But I said, no, you know what, Ryan, go, go to your room. We're going to talk about this in about 10 minutes. I was heated. But I didn't want to take it out of him at that moment. So I sent him to his room. And then I walked in there and I said, listen, I'm not going to apologize for, you know, that interaction. Because I want to teach you something about who God is and how he wants us to be. Like, I'll never hurt you. You know, I always love you. But I'm going to teach you how to be a man. And by the time you leave this house, you'll be a man that knows how to hear God, listen to God, obey God, and love God. Um, but it was in that moment where, you know, I had to be there. I had to be slow to anger, you know, quick to listen, and just graciously walk him through that. Uh, so I just think about my dad. He, he was just constantly there and so gracious in, in his interactions with me in, in the trenches, you know. So, yeah, I think, you know, as dads, that's where we can have the biggest impact on our kids is not when everything's going great, right? Mm-hmm. But through the tough times and showing them grace and loving on them. And Dave, you've done a great job with that, raising your family. And uh, I'm just super happy that I'm one of your good buddies and I get to see you display that with your with your kids because it also impacts me and encourages me to do the same with, with my family. Um, so I'm super thankful for you and how you lead your family so well, how you love Jenna so well. And, um, man, these are some pretty hilarious stories, some some really good memories that, that we had, um, some really good memories that you've had with, with your dad and uh, the impact that he's made in your life. But as we wrap up, what is one thing that you would want your kids to know before they leave the house when they're 18 and they're going off on their own? Mm. Golly. I, I can only pick one. One, thing. <laughs> one of the many. <laughs> one of the many. One that sticks out in your mind. Oh, man. Gosh, there's like, there's like four things. I'm trying to pick between four. If, there's a, if it's a list of four, you can go for the four. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a list of four. It's right. a list of four, and I think my wife and I are, are, are really wanting this for our kids. And That is number one, to love the Lord and God with all your heart, right? I think we want them to, to do that. And then two, we want them to be able to work hard because this world, is it's just hard. You got to work hard. You got to work. You got to earn things. Number three, this is something that I don't think I did well in that I want my kids to do well in is to love people with gentleness and kindness. And then number four, and I think this is one that we, my wife and I both settle on, be willing to do the hard things. So working hard and doing the hard things is different. Like if your job calls you to get up and get up at three in the morning, do it. Right. But if you're willing to do the hard things is this, if the crowd's going one way and they're doing this, you're willing to go the opposite way. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He was willing to do the hard things. And that's stuff that we preach into our kids' lives. Be willing to do the hard things and enjoy the hard things. 
So that's what I, I hope they leave this house thinking along those lines. We pray. And now this last thing I'll say about my dad, he always tells me this. Actually, he's only told me about it like one or two times, but I remember it since we're talking about dad too, right? <laughs> he says, I said, Pops, man, how, how did you do it with seven kids? Like, for one, you're an idiot. You had seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but how did you do it? He said, Dave, every father should have bloody knees. Mm. And I said, all right. Which means that you should be on your knees praying every single day, praying for your kids, praying for their spouses, praying constantly. Your knees should be sore and bloody by the time you go home. Mm. And so that's that's a principle I you know I, I I definitely try to emulate. Man, I just pray for my kids wow. constantly, pray for them constantly. So yeah, that's cool. I love hearing the impact your dad had on you. Yeah. I know your other siblings. Sounds like we can get Paul on this and uh, hear his side of the story raising seven kids. Yeah, you better yeah. be ready for a long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're in. We'll, we'll split it into two. But, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you. I know we really appreciate you taking time tonight. Um, I think just hearing your story, I really respect the way that you are intentional about leading and loving your family um so excited to have your back in that however i can i feel like i learned a lot from you just sitting here for 40 minutes so i appreciate you and respect you so thank you man appreciate you boys thank you yeah you, you're the man you're the man Mike.